This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. How's your tech equity? Business and technology advisor Michael Filios says medium and even small businesses should be going on the offense with thoughtful and innovative solutions to future-proof themselves, especially with investments in technology. But what's a wise investment of limited funds? And how does one avoid investing in the next Betamax or Blockbuster video store chain? In this edition of Biz News Interviews, Michael Villius offers some ideas. Michael, before we get into uh, questions and answers, would you tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got to where you are today? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I've got about 30 years experience in business in IT leadership, as well as as an entrepreneur, uh, and have been working um, uh, throughout my career in large and small businesses. Most recently, spent a decade as a global uh, 500, Fortune 500 CIO, Chief Information Officer, before starting IT Ally in 2017. I will say that my passion uh, lies with small and mid-sized businesses and helping those companies survive and thrive. And educationally, my background is in accounting, but made the pivot to technology uh, uh, years ago and have been living in that intersection of business and IT for quite some time. Now, you are also author of uh, at least a couple of books, and in your latest year, you talk about something called tech equity. What do you mean by that? Sure. Uh, uh, Yes, uh, two books uh, under our belt. The first one was called Tech Debt 2.0. Think of this one as the sequel, uh, uh, Doug, whereby we wanted to talk about the positive impacts of managing technology uh, to create equity or to create asset value for your organization. Uh, Conversely, when we think about tech debt, that um, you can view it as a liability on your balance sheet, whereas equity can be viewed uh, as an asset. And we have some strong points of view in terms of how companies can focus their technology investments to maximize the value of their organization. So we've coined this tech equity to define that. Okay. Are you talking about uh, uh, sending uh, sending out requests for bids on all sorts of new fancy equipment? That sounds like uh, it would cause conniptions in the bean counter world. <laughs> well, what we are talking about is making smart investments in tech. And, and as we all have learned, many companies do need to face these types of challenges, whether it's in uh, hardware, software, Uh, in looking at data and AI and various kinds of investments they need to make. So our point of view is more so there's uh, some lessons learned to be made around how you make those investments, which investments are best suited for you so that you can increase the value of your organization and create equity. Um, And that's how we've been distinguishing these uh, over time. You're talking about both hardware and software, I presume. Hardware, software could be talent. It could be the way that you automate processes. It could be the way that you think about your data um, and so on. And and really, uh, technology now touches so many facets of a business that it's it's certainly no longer limited to the physical hardware. Uh, And of course, many of our clients and and companies today use uh, other people's hardware in the cloud, right? So you don't even physically own it yourself. You're borrowing it or renting it. So We wanted to make a more contemporary view of technology, given the pace over the past three decades, at least that I've been involved, um, moving from the internet, uh, well, from mainframes and onto the internet, to the cloud, and and to where we are now with 
leveraging all these great um, technologies that are available to us. Uh, back uh, 10,000 years ago, I worked for a very large broadcasting company. Uh, and in the annual uh, review of our proposed budget for the next year, uh, we had to explain how any spending increase would make us A, more competitive, or B, increase the revenue. How does tech equity do that for the small business? Uh, it's a fantastic question, and I guess I would also state that um, some of my earlier career experiences has been as a CFO, and I've worked on the business side, being in the room asking those questions, uh, as well as being on the other side of the desk uh, presenting to boards and CFOs on the on the value creation uh, associated with technology. And you're hitting upon the the exact point of this is that. Um, if you were to look at the symptoms underlying a company's usage of technology, they might resonate with you with things like, well, we aren't growing fast enough. We aren't as profitable as we are. Uh, we're not able to integrate companies that we purchase. Um, we don't have good data and, and the quality of our data is suspect. Um, we maybe have risk inside of our company around cybersecurity. So when you think about all these different facets, the counter to that is, tech equity allows you to address those in a very deliberate and focused way so that not only can you run your business successfully, but you can actually outperform your competition, which is what we say uh, as sort of the tagline to the book is to be future ready and to outperform requires you to take a different approach to the way that you think about technology. And maybe that, that decades version of it previously is not good enough in today's contemporary environment. And many small businesses that we work with don't have the luxury of having the resources or even the financial uh, elements to do this successfully. So we want to advise them based on our experiences and lessons learned to help them avoid any pitfalls that they may have experienced and really help them accelerate their value creation process. It's probably fairly easy for the untrained to buy wrongly. Perhaps they bought into Sony's beta vision I thought that was a great idea, but where is it now? It's so true. And, and uh, with a credit card swipe, you can access services now that are coming in through the cloud. So you have all kinds of technology sprawl in an organization. So if you're not organized around it, if you're not governing those investments, not only are you going to create potential risk in your organization, and we can talk about cybersecurity and where that fits in in this conversation, but you're certainly going to be sub-optimizing those investments. And, and we've seen this, I've seen this personally in global companies where I've led the IT function with billions of dollars of spend, all the way down to companies that are trying to make sure their $50,000 of spend is going and, and, and directed in the right way. And you mentioned the, the bugaboo in the room, and that, of course, is cybersecurity. Talk a little bit about that. How, how wary should a small business be about cybersecurity. Surely they'd say, we're so small, nobody cares. That's That historically has been the, the reason for not investing is because we're too small, no one's going to care about us. I would say that that stigma and, and perception has certainly changed greatly in, in, in the past uh, several years, such that that's not a conversation. Cybersecurity now investments are just a cost of doing business very much like you would look at other functions of your business and size, quite frankly, doesn't matter because what they're after is data. So if you own data that can be sold on the dark web um, that has a monetary value, you are at risk. So the real question is, what value do you have in your organization that you need to protect? 
and defining a proper security strategy that's going to not be a one size fits all, but be very targeted to those things that are going to have some value uh, on those markets that people are willing to pay for. And, and this, uh, unfortunately, is the way that the world is operating today, either with uh, threat actors inside of our country or those coming out from state uh, uh, nation states uh, uh, as as others uh, exist. So um, so it is a real challenge for small and mid-sized businesses because of the reasons I mentioned. The good news, uh, Doug, or the silver lining here is that the capabilities have also improved significantly. And the affordability and accessibility of capabilities has become much more widely accessible, such that a small business can, if they have the right advice and counsel, they can put the right disciplines in place to protect their organization. Um, and, uh, and and again, it's just something that we see all too often, unfortunately. It's It sounds almost like the first investment you want to make as a small business in tech equity is to hire somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> well, that would be a little bit of self-serving uh, a, a message for sure. But but the absolutely uh, the truth is, look, I mean, technology's been around um, for a while. I mean, and uh, certainly there are a lot of experienced uh, uh, people and firms out there. We chose to work with small businesses for a number of reasons. One, we're, we're just passionate about entrepreneurs and business owners. We believe truly. And in my first book, I talk a lot about it because we were entering COVID when we saw a lot of small businesses suffering. Um, those that weren't technologically advanced had greater challenges of survival, right? As we all learned to use tools like Zoom that we're on right now or had to have workforces move to work at home, companies struggled um, with able to pivot that because they weren't thinking ahead. They never thought something like a pandemic would impact them. Um, so we've learned from the past, but what we want to educate and continue to bring value for these companies is that there, there is hope. There are better ways to do this. And yes, you do need some folks that understand that to either help you get there faster, to make sure that you don't have any false positives, uh, uh, so to speak, and that we know how important those precious dollars are, that you want to invest them in the right areas to bring the most amount of value. And that's really the, the conundrum that exists with small business. In the past, you have talked about something you call the digital gold mine. Where is it? What's <laughs> inside of it? And should we bring a shovel? <laughs> well, today's world of it is certainly virtual. So I don't know if there's any physical uh, uh, components necessary here. But uh, we talk about it because over the decades of, of evolution of technology, certainly there's been more and more software and applications and uh, hardware and, and all these other uh, innovations that have occurred uh, um, that now seem to be happening at a much more rapid pace. Uh, case in point, um, you probably have heard of something called ChatGBT, which of course now is part of the artificial intelligence uh, realm. And um, this type of technology has become mainstream almost overnight. So it's no longer such that you've got to wait 10 years for new technology to enter the workplace. Um, it's now there. We used to talk a lot about um, when I was a CIO at some companies, our employees would have better technology on their personal use because they had iPhones compared to the companies that were very slow to embrace technologies and had flip phones. So um, uh, so there's a couple of points here. One is the pace of uh, play of technology adoption has grown significantly. Two, the cost coincidentally has also come down so that small business can access this gold mine such that 
it's not only available to Fortune 1000 or, or, or Fortune 500 companies, it's now available to just about any business that's interested and knows where to look. So that gold mine is out there for others to take advantage of. And of course, we're seeing this occur with all size businesses, whether you're the corner store mom and pop and wants to use something like Stripe uh, to take credit card payments um, to, to others more sophisticated that are looking for ways to drive machine learning uh, in their manufacturing plants uh, to help automate certain processes. Michael, where can our listeners and viewers get more information? I suspect you might have a website. Um, we've got a few. Um, so I will give you the one where you can find more information about our thought leadership and our research and our books. And that would be www.italiinstitute.org. And I created the Institute to be our research arm. It's a nonprofit organization. So all the proceeds from our book sales uh, go directly back into us promoting these concepts and allowing us to create further research around these important topics. In addition, I have a commercial company called IT Ally, and that can be reached at www.italliLLC.com. And there you can learn more about some of our uh, services and commercial offerings and the type of work that we're doing with small and mid-sized businesses and private equity firms and so on to help them not only uh, manage their tech debt, but uh, more importantly, to maximize their tech equity. What would you like to add that we haven't had a chance to talk about? I would just reinforce the fact that as a small business uh, or any business for that matter, um, think differently about how you leverage technology. Don't make it an afterthought. Be proactive in how you go about understanding how tech can add value to your business. But don't forget about um, the fundamentals of also uh, tech debt and particularly around cybersecurity. Don't get too enamored with the shiny new toy and, and just look at the next thing. Be more thoughtful um, long-term and make sure those CFOs out there are supporting these investments because they do ultimately own a lot of the risk for the organization and tech can certainly become a big uh, component of that if not well-managed. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.